Hello, this is men. Hi. Hello, hello. Oh, you, hello, hello. This is men are nuts. Mental health, emotional health, physical health, psychological health in men and in society. First, it started with man. Then it went to men. M-A-N, men are nuts. And we have a very special guest for you. She's already said hi. Let's get her, get her on to say hi again. Hello. Hi, Andy. It's Bonnie. Hello, Bonnie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? And you sound Bonnie. Say again, sorry, Andy. And, and you sound Bonnie. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. It's actually <laughs> Bonita, but okay. easier to say Bonnie. Yeah. Um, whereabouts are you, for the listeners out there, whereabouts are you from and, and you know, whereabouts in the world are you? I'm in Hereford, um, which is in the West Midlands, kind of just on the border of Wales, but I'm not Welsh. Although I don't mind, you know, the Welsh. I, I quite like them, actually, but there you go. <laughs> and at the moment, what is Hereford like to live and moment, work and everything like that? Well, Hereford at the moment is absolutely gloriously sunny, which is a bit of a juxtaposition for what it's been like for the last few weeks. Um, um, to live in Hereford, it's it's very beautiful. Uh, it's countryside countryside wall-to-wall greenery um and quite laid back we're quite cut off from you know all of the main networks so it is it is quite nice and peaceful uh i don't actually work in hereford i work um, across the country as a consultant so this is my base i come back and i kind of always take a bit of a breath of fresh air whenever i get back here because it is very beautiful yeah so you like to go for walks and 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 think things as like much it. as I can yeah, yeah. there's uh, we've got a dog so she likes to go out in the countryside as well so yeah, um, yeah. so you've a, a little bird tells me you've just come back from holiday where were you holidaying uh, I went to Thailand had yeah. uh, 10 days there with my husband who turned 50 yeah so um, quite a big getaway for us we haven't been away for quite a few years so uh, very exciting um, I think we missed a couple of storms while we were over there yeah which was nice um but yeah, it was it was a, a very much needed break. And and what was what was Thailand like for you and and you know your experience? Well, I won't tell you all the details because no. it's Thailand. But yeah, um, yeah it was <laughs> it was really good. The food was absolutely amazing. To the extent I bought myself a little Thai cookbook and um, already cooked quite a few Thai dishes since I've been back. Really? Um, yeah, it was absolutely amazing food. Everywhere we went, it didn't matter if it was street food or high end restaurant. It was just fantastic wherever we went. I suppose it's based on fresh, um, fresh organic fruit and veg. Um, I, I mean, I don't like seafood, so I thought I'd struggle. But actually, they cater for everybody. They, I think it's quite westernised where we went. So you've got all sorts of um, cross-section of s- society. Yeah. Uh, so everything, yeah, everyone was catered for. Yeah. So um, let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about health, mental health, and all the aspects of what do you how do you see mental health and what is happening in society you know what what's your take on it uh well that's a massive topic really to cover um in a podcast uh but i think mental health in society um as we discussed before it varies very very much so you know depending on the location you're in depending on the country um i think in uk mental health is becoming much more prevalent certainly across um certain industries as well obviously i work in industry all the time i go around and see lots of companies and how they're performing um and if you look at a lot of the statistics 
a lot of lost time that we've got in our um, country for, for, for within the workplace is because of mental health, stress, depression, etc. Uh, so I don't think it's getting any better. Um, there are a lot of factors that obviously affect that. Um, it's just how we tackle it. I think is is the question now. I've experienced my own um, my own mental health issues in the past, um, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm quite okay with. Uh, the the issues that are out there, but I've I've managed as a person to be able to sort of invoke quite a lot of mechanisms to cope with my own mental health issues. Yeah. So that I guess it's getting that word out there. If you have got mental health issues, there are ways of being able to cope with it. Um, you know, it's it's it's, it's prevalent across the whole of the country. Um, yeah. That my my views are. There's too many to say on on the podcast. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's let's. I mean, if you're happy to to talk about your your thoughts and and your what you may have gone through and, and your background in terms of where you where you was and to to what your thought process is now, um, how you can see mental health going. What, tell us a little bit about you and and your, the things that you may have gone through and, and what's your background. Okay, sure. Um, well, this is one of the things about mental health is um, there's also stigma attached and it's taken me a very long time to sort of stand up and say this is my past this is my background this is what happened to me and be comfortable and confident that actually a lot of that wasn't my fault um taking me a long journey to kind of get there but as a child it was um physically sexually mentally abused um both well myself and my two sisters so we were brought up in a very abusive household um and we all had our own ways of kind of dealing with that i mean one of my sisters she got pregnant at a very early age 15 yeah. left home got out as soon as she could um, just trying to get out of that trauma and I think back in the 70s it was, it was a totally different sort of view on society yeah. you know, women that were, that were married they couldn't just up and leave it, was, it wasn't as easy as that yeah. um, so well, sorry I'm not going to mention anything uh, one of my sisters did that the other one got married as soon as she could get a, a, you know, a, wet, blank, a wet mark on the paper she got married and she left, which left me and my mum and my dad. Yeah. Um, it didn't take long before um, my my mum kind of said, "Look, you know, will you leave if if um, if I if I sort something out?" I said, "Well, I'd, you know, I'm desperate to leave. I was 15 and I was um, just on the cusp of leaving school and going to college." And so, anyway, cut a long story short, we decided to um, leave and we went to live with one of my sisters and we slept on a settee together, myself and my mum for a little while um obviously that kind of environment was not healthy yeah uh so I, I ended up running away for some reason i ended up living on the streets for a little while um until my mum kind of caught on and said look you need to go and live with your dad for a for a little while possibly one of the worst mistakes ever yeah anyway so i went to live with my dad for a little while um and that turned pretty badly and the last thing he said to me was don't kiss me like that, kiss me like you do a boyfriend. And with that, I ran out again and I went and lived on the streets. So from there, I decided to join the army because it was the only way I could actually think of as getting out of Hereford, Um, you know, being able to just move away, get myself sorted. So I joined the armed forces. Um, And and to be honest with you, this is is not an uncommon story. A lot of people who do join the armed forces come from broken, difficult backgrounds. Um, and that's where they find solace and I think that's why there's such a, a huge amount of loyalty within the forces community yeah so that's what I did to join the armed forces and um, well that bit's history however uh, I went on a tour in Bosnia in 1995 when I was 20 um, 
and I really did have some problems out there. So when I came back, it was almost like I'd had a big massive car crash in my head when um, I was due to go back to uh, the barracks and I threatened um, with killing myself to my sister who then took me to the psychiatric ward in Hereford. Yeah. Who then the army came and transferred transferred me up to Catrick. I'm not sure that was the right um, the right thing to do either because I'd kind of found some sort of solace with being with my sisters. Um, and it was that point where I, I just basically had to face everything that had happened to me in the past, everything that had happened to me in Bosnia, and kind of just do a bit of um, well psychiatric work. And I'd spent a fair bit of time in a psychiatric hospital, yeah. just going going through everything and trying to make sense of everything and wondering what I'd done wrong, all that kind of stuff that goes with it. Um, so I spent probably about a month there. Um, I very quickly realised that the only way that I was going to, you know, get any better was by doing it myself. Um, I think psych- psychiatric help can take you certain to a certain place. Yeah. Um, unless it's obviously, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm kind of generalising here, but people have got mental health issues for other reasons, you know, um, chemical imbalances, all all these other sort of things. But this with mine was specifically from traumatic events, PTSD, if you will, that's what it was diagnosed as. Yeah. So um, I kind of went back into the, the army, got accepted back, carried on with um, the job. And I think within a couple of weeks, I made my decision. I'd made my plan. I'd, I'd kind of come to um, terms with the fact that I just didn't want to be here anymore. It was just too hard. Yeah. And if the rest of my life was going to be as hard as this past 20 years had been, then do you know what? I wasn't really a fan of carrying on. So uh, I did actually attempt to 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 leave mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it was it was unsuccessful and i think at that point i, I had a massive turnaround i just went no that didn't work it's not meant to be i need to i need to do this for myself so i did um and i think everyone's got that kind of point in their lives especially when you've gone through um adversity to, to, to quite a big degree that there's a point there's a like critical point where you go no that's not happening anymore because do you know what it's miserable being down there it's horrible yeah. don't want to be there anymore so you do everything you can to try and empower yourself and get out of there um, and the thing is the only person that's with you 100% of the time is you yeah. you've got to try and be happy with that person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with uh, so anyway that that's kind of like the, the, the really early years of my life um, um things have happened since then a lot of things have happened since then but I've been able to cope with them um, yeah. because I've, I've I've put into practice a lot of um, self-help mechanisms coping mechanisms etc yeah. oh that's my dog just come in sorry <laughs> no worries <laughs> uh, but yeah that's uh, why I'm quite uh, uh, I'm really eager to kind of get the message out there etc and help people where I can because I've been through it I've got to the other side and you know yeah, that's fantastic. I'm and, doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I, you know, and, 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 and you know, all credit for you, to you for coming on the podcast and and talking and opening up and talking about um, talking about these things um, and and what you've been through. Um, do you think? Do you think that you you join the, when you join the army that that kind of at that moment at that at that time in your life that kind of helped you. Um, to deal with a lot of things that you may have been going through? The army helped initially a great deal, um, but what it didn't do, it didn't allow me to, to work through the things that had happened to me yeah. 
before the next sort of bout of trauma came along. Um, and like I said, the only way I can explain it is there was a big massive car crash and it meant I had to dealt with, deal with everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was told before I went into the army that it probably wasn't the best thing for me. Uh, but I did it. I did it anyway. And I will never regret the 11 yeah. years I spent in the armed forces. Yeah. And, it, you know, it wasn't the last time I experienced anything difficult, but it was certainly the last time I experienced anything where I wasn't able to cope with it on my own. Yeah. So... You're, you, 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 at that young age, and how did, how, how did you cope in, at that younger age of, of dealing, you know, dealing with? Was it a collective thing? Did you, you know, was, you say your, your, your sisters and everything in, in terms of the abuse and that. Did you all come together and speak about it, or was it all kept a secret from each other until, until much older? No, we all knew about it because it was happening to all three of us. Right. Um, just obviously it's that, that frame of reference isn't it because it's it's happening to you as an individual you can't really use somebody else's experience so what the other two went through yeah. perhaps in um, secrecy in their bedrooms at other times I can't, I can't comment on what happened yeah, with those yeah. guys but all I can do is think about what happened to me yeah. and try and just rationalise it yeah. yeah and so so your coping mechanism with, with that what how how was you how were you able to cope? And let's just say somebody else has may, may have struggled it with it later on. Um, how how were you how were you able to cope at that time if you can remember? What did you do to help? I you can't, I can. Um, I'm, I so when I was in the psychiatric ward um, at Pincatrick, um, I was given a, a psychiatric um, counsellor who I used to go to and talk three things through. Yeah. Um, and no no disrespect to anybody that is, is a counsellor right there. Um, you know, you've had the appropriate training and everything else, but sometimes they're just not—they're just not what the person needs. Um, yeah. It's—it's it's not um, the best way to recovery. Yeah. But again, Andy, this is an individual thing. It, you know, what, what's what was right for me and what was good for me and what I managed to sort out for myself might not work for somebody else. Yeah. Um, but I'm only so happy to, you know, um, help people if I can. Because yeah. there's been an absolute plethora of stuff that I've done and I've tried and I've, places I've been to and things that I've done to kind of understand how, how life works, really. Yeah. Um, and see the beauty in everything and everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, you, you like, like many others, in a sense, you, you, you've gone through so many different things. Do you feel that... In a sense, it sounds strange to say, and it's not really strange because, in a way, do you feel that with every step that everything that you've been through, it's made you stronger, longer term in terms of even what you're doing now? Definitely, yeah. Um, and like I said, it's that turning point where it just kind of said, right, twenty years, I've, I've not really had, I've not caught break. It's been pretty crap. I, I, there's nothing I can do about that. But do you know what? The next 20 years is not going to be like that because it's flipping horrible being there. It's absolutely horrible. So, I, I don't know. It just depends on what you're made up of, yeah. um, what your ge- genetic predisposition is, what you, your environment's like. But it's, it's trying to fill your life with positive things rather than yeah. anything that's negative. Um, I think sometimes we, 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 we accept being around people that are not good for us. Yeah. Um, and all too often, 
those people can manipulate and control and I don't know, keep you down, keep your self-esteem somewhere else. So yeah. it, doing things for yourself, it's just like the most important thing in the world. I was in my 30s before I went off and did a degree for myself because yeah. I didn't have any confidence in my ability to do anything. Starting up a business, I didn't think I could do that, not for a million years. It was just, for me, it was like circumstances pushed me into that way. And I won't give myself any credit because I've, I've done a bit of CBT as well because I needed to understand from a very young age, from you know the age of two or three where you get your kind of core values placed on yourself yeah. usually by parent and, and the environment that you're brought up in my initial understanding of myself or my core values are that i'm worthless i'm no good at anything and my my dad used to use a phrase which I don't want to put on the podcast but he used to use a phrase for every single female and i grew up thinking that females were just bloody useless and that we weren't really worth anything so to tr- what my i suppose my mechanism is to try and prove that that's not the case even though deep down i kind of believe it i'm trying to surround myself with the successes in as much as i can do like i've taught myself to play guitar i've like i said studied and got a degree i've um gone to peru and worked in an orphanage things that kind of make me a bit more proud of myself and yeah, about yeah. the fact that i am who i am yeah yeah do you do you you know, obviously at that time, do you say obviously? Do you feel that at the time and 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 you know, moving into the army and all that sort of? Do you feel that there was a, a sense of anger there with inside you and 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 wanting to get back at something? Or you know, how did you feel in terms of you know towards the people that may be um, you know hurting you or, or getting angry with you? How 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 was that for you? Uh, I mean, I'm not really an angry person at, at heart. I don't know. I'm probably more fearful of most things than, yeah. than angry, but it's probably more of a, a determination than anger. It's a kind of determination to, to, to sort of say, you know what, you, you did these things to me, but you, you aren't who I am. Yeah, you don't define me. I've probably su- sort of suffered a bit more adversity, and I've become a better person than I think I could have been if I hadn't have gone through that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of you going, in the but army, anger's not the way. Yeah. So in terms of going in, going into the, the army, what was your, you know, what was your experiences of, of army life and and you know was it, you know, you said you you weren't regret it or anything. You know, was the highs was the highs and lows and you know you know what was your experiences of being in the army like in terms of, you know, you place you you said you went to Bosnia and things like that. Yeah. Um. Absolutely fantastic. Do you know what? Um, I understand that there's a certain demographic that the, that the, uh, the army go for, and that sorry, that the army or the armed forces, navy, um, air force, etc. They go for a certain demographic, and it's do you know what? It's not a bad way to to get out of where you are and sort of prove things to yourself. It it strips you down to your bare self, and it makes you understand um, what you're actually capable of. I didn't think I could do a CFT or a BFT, but I did it. Um, then I trained to become a vehicle electrician. And I became a vehicle electrician. I went out and I fixed stuff, and that I just kept amazing myself at the time. But being in the forces, it, it definitely challenges you to be a better version of yourself. Yeah. Um, puts you in unique situations, unique scenarios where you can actually test that sort of resilience that you've got. I, I don't regret it for, for one bit, even the difficulties that I went through when I was in there. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think that resilience? As, is it is one of those things? Yes, it might have been in you, maybe as a child and all that. But do you think resilient that 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 
added resilience in your uh, training or whatever it may be, test. Do you think that's what's kept you going in terms of your determination? That's a big question, aren't they? And that's kind of going down the realms of um, nature versus nurture, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I think there's an element of you know genetic predisposition. I mean, my dad was a very strong character. Uh, you know, taking away everything else, he was very strong, very controlling. Um, actually, very very intelligent. Although he didn't have the schooling that perhaps um, a lot of people do now, yeah. um, which actually resulted in a lot of anger issues for him because he always felt like he was. Um, not worthy, um, not living up to perhaps expectations, embarrassed by his ignorance, etc. But I think, yeah, I think a lot of the adversity that I've experienced, certainly up to a point where I, you know, um, attempted suicide and then going past that point into the other um, things that I've had to to cope with, has been a very different way of um, processing everything since that attempt, because obviously I've had a bit of a step change in my own um, way of dealing with things, but I think that's that's because the resilience got built up over a period of time. Yeah, yeah. And I feel now that I can pretty much have anything thrown at me, and I will somehow step back, pull it apart, process it, and then um, give myself a few options as to the best way I can yeah, cope with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, actually, without causing any distress to anybody else, that's probably the the main key. Because I think. We all have a, a bit of a tendency to kind of fly off the handle and, you know, react to something that perhaps we we don't think's right and doing it in the wrong way. But they step back, have a think about it overnight and then decide how you feel about it. Sometimes the best way to approach it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, you told me a story earlier about you, you, you said you met your your husband. Can you, can you, <laughs> yes. talk, can you... You know, just just to let people know if you wanted to tell them how you met your your husband and and you know, like you say, okay. yeah. So I met my husband in Bosnia in 1995. Yeah. Um, part of um, a rapid reaction force that got called out to uh, Bosnia. We basically took the UN berries off and they put the the reactive force on. So. The the, the dark blueberries to sort of show a, an aggressive presence because things started to kick off a little bit again. Yeah. So it was a kind of small squadron called 5-1 Field Squadron Air Mobile. Yeah. Um, we went over there, we kind of like got dropped in um, under cover of darkness and we, we did our thing. Anyway, cut a long story short, we built a kind of temporary camp. And in that temporary camp, we had a little bit of a cookhouse gathering. Um, and one evening, I kind of went to the cookhouse got myself a bag of hankers hankers which were the crisp over there in bosnia and i sat there watching i think it was the simpsons actually and um this chap came and sat next to me and i was for me i was out there i was out there to do a job i was a female didn't have a gender just wanted to do the job so he sat next to me and i didn't want to engage in conversation so i started out and he (laughs) probably just kind of got up got up and left and that was our first introduction um 25 years later we're very happy what can I say (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) I put it down to hamper crisps honestly so you don't put that down to resilience (laughs) no I put that down to hamper crisps (laughs) (laughs) so um, so in terms in terms of even that meeting there what what actually happened after that in terms of you getting together how did that come about Uh, It was really, I, I, do you know what, I, I don't know the ins and outs. I do remember 
when you come back as a tour, they generally try and keep you on um, camp to sort of get you to depressurise. Yeah. Um, so we all kind of stayed around for, I think, uh, maybe a week or two. Um, the typical squad who will go and do that thing you're not supposed to do, which is go and drink loads of alcohol. Because uh, it's not, not a great coping strategy, but it tends to be a work hard, play hard thing. And that's what we did. And I remember being in a pub in Ripon and um, talking to a, a group of the guys that I've been on tour with. And this chap that I'd obviously met, kind <laughs> of, uh, started, started talking to me and I offered him out for a fight. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it was the only way I could get him away from everybody else um, and get him outside and have a proper chat. So that's what I did. Um, I had a kiss, and the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant story, fantastic story to, to hear. Um, if we're talking about after the army to where you to the point to where you are at now, um, what actually happened? You know, you, you, after all the all the, the, the things to do with what 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 was the we talk about light mo- light bulb moment? When when was that light bulb moment when you thought to yourself, you know what? Um, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go down. This is not gonna take me down. Whatever I'm going through, all these things happening. What? When was that moment? Um, to say, oh yes, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna take off and I'm gonna do this. 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 Yeah, there's a, a couple. So the first one was actually when I was in the psychiatric ward, and um, I'm, I'm quite a quiet person, and I don't really like putting my own stuff on somebody else, which is where it's been difficult to get onto the podcast with you because I've been a bit nervous about. Um, you know, revealing all. But uh, no worries, no worries. when I was in there, all the other kind of um, patients that obviously had their own issues with PTSD, alcohol, drug misuse, etc. I don't know why, but they kind of opened up to me and it was like, I've got my own stuff to deal with. I can't deal with your stuff. So yeah. the first thing I had to do was get out of there. <laughs> Realised very quickly that actually it's probably one of the most unhealthiest un- places to be because I wasn't ill. I just, I just needed protecting from normal life for a little bit. That was all because I just couldn't cope. So I probably came out of there a little bit quicker than I should have, um, which led to me to have the the attempt. But after that attempt, um, obviously the person I was allocated as a a counsellor, I had to go back and see them twice a week for a certain amount of time. And um, I think it was probably disinterest. Um, All she seemed to focus on was the fact that I was going out drinking. Um, But that that was what all of us did in the army. You go out drinking when you're not on... um, you know, proper exercise or going away on tour, you go back and you go out with your mates. That's that's what you do. So she was more bothered about how much I was drinking. Fair enough, fair comment, but that's not what the root of the problem was. So sort of that was the point where I was like, I told her one thing one week and she'd completely forgotten by the next week and I just thought, you know what, this is not helping me at all. Um, you know, it's gone from having people who aren't interested in me as a human being to somebody who just can't bother to listen to what I'm saying. It's making me feel more worthless yeah. than if I was on my own. So I think that was the light bulb moment where I said, I don't really want to see you anymore. Um, I'm going away on my class one. I can't remember what it was, but I was going away somewhere. And I sort of said, I think that's us coming to an end and I'll, I'll cope with myself. So I did. Fantastic. And so after that, then, what was your, uh, you know, to, for the listeners out there in a sense uh, who maybe... Um, Obviously, listen to the story and listen to your your thoughts and, and and what you've been saying. What what was your coping strategy? What sort of things did you use to help you cope in terms of was it getting fresh air? What was it getting to the work? What 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 was it? Oh God, loads of stuff, really, Andy. Um, 
I think it's, it's kind of developing an understanding of what you like, what you like doing. Not looking at somebody else, because that's what I did at first. I'd look at somebody else and go, oh, they play guitar, maybe that's fun. I'll try that. And I did that, and actually it wasn't fulfilling. Um, I've read self-help books. Um, I've read, like, you know, The Tower of Pooh and The Tie of... Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but yeah. all sorts of self-help books um, just to make me kind of pick apart the world a little bit, put it back together in a, a way that I understand it. Yeah. Um, I go out with my friends, socialising. Oh, my God, it's so important. Everybody can't... People who shut themselves off from socialising, I, I completely understand why, because sometimes it's really difficult. And you think people don't like you, and you think it's, you know... Um, it can be quite exhausting, but actually socialising with people is so important for your well-being. Um, I use a bit of um, mindfulness. Um, I do a five, four, three, two, one thing. Um, if you look that up, you can find it on the internet. But it's five things you can see, four things you um, smell, three things you can uh, touch, two things you can taste, and then one big deep breath. I think I've got that right, but it kind of helps you to step back, have a bit of a think taking the world around you live in the now or be in the now um and then maybe go back to the problems that you think you've got it's just checking on your stress con- stress container where you've got all of these factors that kind of start coming in and i don't know it's get develop a sense for when your stress container is getting a bit full and you need to turn the tap on and get some of that stuff to come back out again yeah. or how you can stop the stuff getting in it's just identifying it and there's so much help out there there's people don't have to suffer alone anywhere um there's a little app i've got called hub of hope um that i've got on my phone um and it's it's basically where you can get help wherever you are in the the country i'm not sure about the world but certainly in the country you can have a look at that you can put in the postcode and it'll give you all of these um areas of assistance if you need it Fantastic. So, so you 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 went for a range of coping strategies, and you said something very important there. Where you you said you looked at at first you were looking at the way others were dealing with that, with the way that other people deal with theirs, and then you thought, yeah. oh, I'll try that. I'm like, well, that's not for me. That's not for me. Even if even if you didn't like it or whatever, but then you managed to find things that were for you. You know, whether yeah. and I've had people on who 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 are happy to walk. Walking is, is, is therapeutic, obviously being in fresh air and, and, and walking around and, and just having no thoughts or some thoughts and just and just walking around, seeing animals and, you know, seeing, seeing the beauty of, of life in a sense. Um, so yeah, you, yeah. Found, you found your strategies. Um, Definitely, yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched birds. I mean, I know people probably find that a bit geeky, but I've got a little bird feeder in my bedroom window like that sits outside and I have woodpeckers and, and um, uh, what they're called, long-tail tits and uh, robins and all sorts of things come in in the morning and I wake up to that and what a great way to wake up. Yeah, it's funny because I, I remember you, you were talking about birds then is one person I, I remember, a famous person, um, um, Mike Tyson members him, he, the way he dealt with um, his, his, you know, his thoughts and... and even even as a, the death of his his manager was pigeons feeding pigeons oh, wow. and feed pigeons he'd actually go and his fidget pigeons became his friends in a sense yeah um, and he could actually you, you know he would talk to them or whatever even if you know it, it, so it, it's it's what you find in you as a as a absolutely as a person yeah. and, and your thoughts yeah uh, and i think pigeons are fantastic because they place no demands on you there's no expectations um, you can just be yourself. 
definitely. Um, so, where where you where you've come full circle now? What's what are you doing? And we spoke about it at the beginning. What's what are you doing now in terms of your you know mental health and, and where you're going? You know, in terms of if you're if you're helping anybody, what is what's your strategy? What's what's happening with you now? Okay, well, I, I went on um, a mental health first aid course last year, and from now I decided to go on to the trainers course, um, which I completed in February, and I just want to get the message out there. Um, and I think, you know, having been through it, having lived um, a, a story myself, that I might be in a good place to help other people. Um, and I don't know where it's going to lead, Andy, but I've opened up now. It's it's kind of out there, um, what's and all. There's, there's loads of other stuff I could add to this. You know, this is only a small podcast, but yeah, I just wherever I can help, I'm gonna do my best. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm totally, you know, I'm happy and grateful for you for coming on, and, and I'm, you know, I always say this to my guests: if, if you know, if you're happy to come on again and maybe speak about a different aspect of it, or something that you you may feel that you've missed off or whatever that can help others, that'd be um, fantastic, and um, you know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy that you've, 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 you've come out and you, you, you're speaking about your thoughts and you know, you know, you know your, even the, the story of when you met your your husband and things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been like I say, great talking to you and you know we could probably talk for hours in terms of, you know, you, you know some of the things and some of the stories that you've, you've, some of the things you've been through. Um, what would you definitely? Yeah. What would you say to? Um, people who have who may have gone through let's just say um you know the um, abuse abuse mental abuse sexual abuse whatever type of abuse um and then some of the things you know suffering ptsd and 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 all these you know suicide what would you say to people listening out there of in terms of getting help and and what would your kind of words be I think um, understanding it doesn't go away. I can describe it as um, the instructor actually on the mental health course kind of gave me this. It's, it's like having a perspex, perspex box in the room with me at all times. Um, and all of that stuff that's happened to me, it doesn't go away. But what I can do is I can keep it at distance. I can look at it and I can say, mm, yeah, you're not going to affect me. I'll just keep you there because I know that that's what I'm made of or that's what's you know part of my makeup. But I'm going to go and do this other stuff because this is much more fun and this is much more fulfilling in the long term. Yeah, yeah. It's a big journey. It's a long journey, Andy. It's, it, you know, it's not something where you come to the end of the journey, really, apart from obviously when you come to the end of your life. But yeah. th- this this journey of maintaining um, mental health. It, it, it doesn't happen overnight and do you know what we can all have mental health good mental health bad mental health yeah. anything in between but we're constantly going up and down this kind of um, fit not fit it's very fluid yeah. feel great one day not so much the next day but you will always feel great at some point yeah um, yeah and someone else said that in the podcast as well about you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a journey and and there's, there's, obviously, there's going to be coming time. There's times where you can, you are going to be down. But the, the, if you look at things in in a lot of aspects, it's it's almost like oh, you know, I have I am great. I feel great, and 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 you know, and if you look at the positives um, in terms of your life and, and and what's what's happening, you can get through every day. Yeah, absolutely. And something about what you said about Instagram. Um, stop looking at social media as as, a, as somewhere to gauge how good or bad your life is because 
I'll tell you what, behind the scenes, that's not how their life is. Trust me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like I say, I, I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm really pleased that you've come on. And for all those listeners out there, um, you know, who who can identify with the story and 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 kind of her, her your your thoughts and and your your you know your processes and the things that you've gone through and, and your resilience, particularly your resilience to come through these things, you know, I'll take my hat off to you. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing something to, to I say give back, I say give back, because you, you didn't take anything away, but you've, you're doing something to, to, to try and help others, because you've been through it yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Happy um, to help Andy and I'm happy to... to... Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I'd like to thank you for coming on. Where where can you be found? Have you have you have you got websites? Have you are you on Twitter? Are you where can you be found? If anybody wants to talk. Therese Beck. I'm uh, quite happy to take any personal messages if anyone wants to get in touch. No, I'm out where I can, but I am not a therapist. I just want to point that out there. No, no, no. And it's and it's not even about being a therapist, really. It's about talking and and. You know, someone hearing your story, and and you know, sometimes we we, we we put this onus on, on like you just said earlier about therapists and 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 thingy, and quite often it's just really someone else talking to somebody can actually be a a, a, a form of therapy, um, someone who's Absolutely. been through similar things to you. So thank you for coming on. Um, no problem. And, and appreciate it. And and this was or this is. Men are nuts. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.